Hello and welcome to another edition of the Women's Rugby Pod. Rachel Burford is alongside me, Johnny Hammond, and what a huge week for women's rugby. It's just coming at us everywhere, Berth. Yeah, it's pretty epic, isn't it? There definitely feels a, a different feeling around the Six Nations this year and just what's coming. Um, really exciting week. I'm sure the players are absolutely buzzing to get going this weekend, um, as are the fans as well. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so we uh, missed last week, one of those things. But don't worry, being such a, a massive week, we're coming at you not once, but twice this week. We've got, well, we've got to reflect on uh, news from Australia, Super Rugby uh, Picky, Super W, news from Ireland, Railway Union doing the double. And we're going to talk about all six nations about to kick off round one of the tournament. We're going to speak to Dr. Rachel Malcolm, the Scotland captain, Sean Lillycrap, the Wales captain, Nicola Friday, the Ireland captain. From England, we've got Simon Middleton, Sarah Hunter, amongst others, Connie Powell as well. And from Italy, Giada Franco joins us from Parma. Unbelievable pod action coming at you. So in this first pod, birth, we're going to concentrate on France, Italy and England. Before we go any further... Let's give you the detail for the inaugural TikTok Women's Six Nations standalone in its own space. There's even A-boards around London town advertising the Women's Six Nations. Thank you, Fee Stockley, for that one. Scotland against England kicks us all off 12 o'clock on Saturday. Then it's over to Ireland for their visit of Wales at 4.45. And on Sunday, it's France against Italy for the standout in Grenoble, 3 o'clock. So there we are. That's the opening round of fixtures. A little bit earlier on today, I was lucky enough to hang around, literally hang around like a bad penny uh, at Bisham Abbey with the England squad. And I caught up with a few of the main protagonists, Simon Middleton, Sarah Hunter, Connie Powell and Vicky Cornbread. Joined by Simon Middleton uh, here at Bisham Abbey. So first up, Six Nations Week. Haven't played since the autumn. Is it nice just to get this this year up and running? Because you've got Six Nations, then obviously going into a couple of summer games and, and then obviously a World Cup. Is it nice just to just to get back out and, and know that you're playing come Saturday? Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's that bit where you you, know, you have these these low periods be, between competitions where you know you come off the back of a competition everybody's pretty exhausted uh, and you're glad of a couple of weeks and rest and then you you know you do the review process and then you start getting itchy feet again and then and then come competition time you know you're back in in camp and you train again and, uh, yeah it's great and you remember you know what you love about it all and uh, and then as the competition gets closer you know the excitement gets higher and you know everybody's buzzing at the moment so yeah it's 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 this, this is it you know leading into six nations you know it's it's exactly why everybody sort of turns up plays rugby and uh, you know great competition we're looking forward to how difficult was it just to select this squatter alone are you Talking in the press uh, the last few days, my you could pick two. I'd make it probably even three squads from from the players that that play regularly in the in the Prem 15s. Just how difficult is it? How many parasites would you get through? Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> to, to be fair, uh, yeah, we, we we've got great strength through depth. Uh, you know, we I mean, we be honest, you know, we, we've worked hard on it, and and we've. 
you know, by shuffling the pack quite a bit, uh, that creates your additional strength in depth. You know, players who can play across, uh, you know, about five players, uh, are really, really versatile. You know, our, our front row players uh, are really dynamic, and we've got good strength in depth with them as well. Uh, and we do, we've got a similar sort of thing with our back three. You know, we, we've got a very versatile squad, so not only have we got we've got good numbers, we, we've got players who we can mix and match a bit, and uh, you know that's that's usually important in your squad uh, because you want to you know obviously you can only you can only pick X amount into the squad, and X amount onto the bench, and you need that you know you don't know what's going to happen in the game, so you need those players to be able to be adaptable and cover across, uh, and and that'll be even more sort of. Uh, Prominent if it ends up being a 30-player squad in the World Cup, you know, as opposed to potentially a 36-player squad. You know, you you need a couple of players. If you got 30, you need a couple of players in there yeah. who can mix and match. You came in into the camp of the 2014 World Cup, bar one or two players. I think it's fairly safe to say that that 15 pretty much selected itself for sort of 12, 18 months going into to that World Cup. How important is it now for you with seven games to go? to get consistency or is it about performance getting make, making sure that the framework is there and then players can slot it in or are you looking for those combinations now with the seven games left I think we you know I, I was quite open at the start in terms of the six nations we, we've we've still got a bit of finding out to do uh, but we're getting towards the end of that process but the, the first three games in particular we're going to rotate the squad and we're going to give people a, a real chance to, to put their hand up for probably the back end of the competition where we're going to look for a bit more consistency in our selection, a bit more synergy, uh, and that might be in the units, it might be right across the team. And, uh, you know, so, you know, the, the players are under, under no illusions, they, they know exactly what the score is, you know, they're going to get an opportunity, as long as they earn the opportunity in training, they'll, they'll get an opportunity in the first three, three games. If they go well, they'll they'll be in the mix for the for the last two, and uh, you know it's it's it, it's it's that part where it'll be a bit of a balance between just doing a little bit more exploratory work uh, in terms of some of the younger players who have come into the squad, and then uh, you know the the. It's been hand delivered a coffee by the England captain Sarah Hunter. That's how to court favour. <laughs> Where's mine? You've got the wrong horse there. <laughs> I'm selecting you, don't worry. Oh, brilliant. That's priceless. That's <laughs> no, it all over. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, we'd, we'll bit of a bit of a finding process at the start of the Six Nations because we've got still got some young kids who have just come in. I mean, that, that was the beauty of the World Cup getting moved for us by 12 months, yeah. you know. It, it, it's, you know, tough for a couple of players, I think. It's going to be. Uh, really good news for three or four others and, and generally overall very good news for us in terms of you know gave us a chance to have another 12 months with Maud Muir and could be an expert could be the Sarah Byrne of, yep. of this you know Sarah was just sensational in 2017 you know Maud could be that uh, and there might be one or two drop into that category as well so it's uh, yeah it's still a bit of finding out to do then a bit of synergising and there's still plenty of work to do for other summer we've got a massive summer ahead of us uh, and players will have to prove themselves in that as well, uh, uh, but we'll, yeah, we'll see. Just a couple more, Simon. Because I'm conscious of your, your time, despite being in a glorious sunshine, it's not a cloud in the sky. It's, it's very nice here, Bisham Abbey. Um, speaking about some some young players there, obviously there's some 
more experienced players come come back in. Don't need to talk about backstories or whatever or how they come back in, but obviously the the influence of of Natasha Mohunt and, and Emily Scout coming coming back in. What what do those two players in particular bring? That sort of dangerous duo, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Best mates are. Is that ironic that they both come back in at the same time because you know it wasn't scheduled like or anything. It's it's just sort of how the, how the chips have fallen. Uh, well, I mean, it, you know, any any squad and any team that's got scars in it is going to be a better team. Yep. Uh, you know, and and you know just just what she brings to the whole environment. It's just great having her around because she's she's such a high quality person. You know, and uh, you know she brings a real composure and calm uh, as well as that. That high-end rugby quality that she brings, and then and then yeah, Mo. You know, I mean, Mo's a world-class player, isn't she? She's, yep. she's like one of the best players in the world, and has been consistently. You know, she she uh, she, she thought the time was right for t- take a bit of time out and, f- and freshen herself up in terms of you know uh, the game, and and you know we stayed in touch, and she made a uh, an intention known a while ago. We met up, we had some lunch, had a chat. It was, it was blatantly obvious to me that she was ready to go again. Uh, and, you know, she, she's been in great form in the league. Uh, adds, you know, I, I, you, know I, you, you can't take the risk of leaving a player like that at home if she's if she's she's ready to go again and she clearly was so you know she, she, I mean she's got some unbelievable competition in front of her though because as I say I think Lucy Pack has been fantastic this year and uh, you know Leanne after a tough start to the year has been brilliant in camp with us you know she's really put her put her hand up uh, so you know we, we've got some real strength in depth of that that uh, that position but it's you know the, having those two back in you know, they give you quality, they give you experience, they give you composure. Uh, leadership. Yeah, leadership, everything you need. You know, great support for the, the other leaders in the group. You know, you yeah. add them to the leadership group and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a massive bonus for us. Scotland going to be coming all guns blazing. We know that. Um, on a reasonably confident streak, really. Obviously, got through to the World Cup and what have you. Um, and as a squad, certainly, a, you know, again, fair to say, I think you've certainly been growing. Philip Doyle started all up on and carried that on. Some, some, some really very, very good and world-class players in there. How do you approach that one? Is it hit the power button, power and pace? Yeah, we, we've look, we talked about them uh, at length last night, uh, but then we switched it to, to ourselves as well because the, you know for us the, the, the focus. You know, we, we we generally work on a sort of seventy-five, twenty-five rule where we. We obviously look at the opposition to see where we can get at them and where their threats are, uh, but we want to really focus on ourselves. You know, we, we've invested a lot of time into developing our game, developing the intensity we want to play with, and you know, and, and how we want to play the game, uh, and, and that'll be the thing that we concentrate on more than anything. Uh, but as you say, they're a really good side. You know, they've got some great individual players. You know. Uh, you know, and I, and I say this with the greatest greatest of respect. You know, they've got three or four players that you know we'd like to have in our side or in our squad for, for absolute sure. And that's not being disrespectful to the other players. You know, considering you know what we're afforded against the others, I think they, they, they've got themselves in a really good position. You're fiercely competitive. You know, Scotland, it's Scotland. It's it's going to be a tough. Yeah. Actually, we 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 play well against Scotland. Because we we respect them massively when we go and play against them, because you know if you if you get it wrong, uh, you're going to end up in uh, in a real scrap. So we've we've been we've been pretty good the last few times we played them. But it showed last year when we played them last time out when we played them we uh, 
you know, we got the first half. We, we started fantastically yeah. well. We really went at them. Uh, and then we just lost our way a little bit. And they turned it into a real dogfight. And, and uh, you know, that, that, that's what will happen. So for, for us, it's, it's making sure that we take the stuff we've been working on in training and we try and impose it onto Scotland and impose our will and our game on them. Uh, but it'll be, yeah, it'll be, it'll be great. They're, you know, they're riding the crest of a wave. They're, they're, they're match ready because they, you know, they've, they've only just, you know, come out of uh, preparing for the World Cup qualifier, and you know, they, you know, they, they, they absolutely, you know, run right in that game. They, they, they look like a team who were really up for it and uh, had a lot of good structure about them. A lot of dynamic players. Uh, they've got some great pace, so they've got threats. You know, in various in various places around the field that we're going to have to be aware of. But you know, we, yeah, we've we've got a few of our own that uh, that we'll we'll be wanting to uh, impose on them. Hopefully. How oh, iconic, pal? Are you enjoying being a red rose? Got the red rose on your chest there. Being involved in this squad. Just where are the feelings right now? Um, really excited. Um, the weather's gorgeous here today, and just had a good few weeks prep with the red rose. So yeah, feeling really good. What is it like? Obviously, players you've played against, but obviously, presumably watched in the past as well. What is it like being in amongst that, and somebody, somebody important, saying you're good enough to be to be at this level? Um, a bit of a dream come true, really. I mean, like today's like today when the weather's nice and you're here and you're training around people, like you say that you've watched growing up, and actually, um, just cracking on with it and getting involved, it is really cool. Who's been the most supportive? People in your position or? Some of the uh, more mature members of the squad, should we say? Um, I feel like the environment is really good. I think everybody's supportive. I couldn't like name one or two people. Lark is really, really supportive of me. She helps me a lot. But actually, like, every, it's just such a good environment. The team culture is pro- proper spot on at the minute. So, yeah, you never shy for someone to turn to. And how keen would you be to, to be in that 23 or even that 15 in, in that opening game of Scotland at the weekend? Um, that would be another dream come true. It would be amazing. So, touch wood, I'm involved. But, hey, we've got big week of training first. Joined very luckily now by Vicky Cormer at Harlequins and Red Roses prop. Cap 65 potentially at the beginning of this Six Nations. Vicky, how are you? Lovely sunny day here at Bisham Abbey. How good is it to, to be in camp at the start of 2022, which is a huge year for women's rugby? Well, I think just purely the fact that the sun is shining, it's really hot. I think it's great to to be able to be out training during the day. We're just about to go into um, our fast day session uh, in preparation for Scotland at the weekend. And um, we've been working a lot on our kind of fitness and our repeatability, which is going to be a a huge part of our game plan uh, at the weekend about making sure that the pressure is on Scotland. So, yeah, doing that in the sun is going to be a lovely afternoon. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I spoke earlier... uh, uh to Sam Hilton and Sarah Hunter and spoke about the autumn and just how much better this side can, can be. Where, personally, do you think, up front especially, where you can improve from, from the autumn, which was fairly impressive? Yeah, I think um, being able to consistently apply, apply that pressure. Um, we've got a good set piece. Both our uh, scrum and our line out is back to being an attacking weapon for us. But I think it's that consistently uh, being able to perform across the pitch and really kind of turn that screw and be really aggressive and savage up front with our savage set piece. How much competition is there for places? And are you feeling the pressure? That, that that's a good pressure. I'm guessing. 
yeah, massive pressure at the moment for selection. We we still don't know what uh, what that Scotland team is going to be, and everybody in camp at the moment is putting their hands up. Um, for me personally, I love that that competitive um, element of it, and it, it makes me kind of sharp as a player. Um, you know, going into what could potentially be my 65th cap, I think it's really important to have people pushing you on and me pushing others on for for that selection. So yeah, I'm going to give it more this afternoon, and hopefully, you know, get one of the shirts for the weekend. Well, yeah, if I was selecting, I know exactly where you'd be starting in a number one shirt with no letter after it. Um, well, the other thing I was just going to ask you was, and I suspect I know the answer, you, you, you've you been, been around 64 caps, you're going to give a media answer, but when you've got together since the autumn, has this the humongous nature of this year been spoken about, or are we talking six stations, are we talking just Scotland? Don't give me media, straight bad answer. No, I think it's really important to understand where we are in our journey and I think like looking at um, our career and looking at cycles and looking at kind of forward to the World Cup, I think it's really important to have that kind of end goal, especially where it's you know it's on our doorstep now. Obviously, we've got the Six Nations and finishing with France at the uh, at the end of the competition is going to be huge for us. And looking at you know where where we are in terms of our stats, 18 games from 18, uh, we've levelled with England men. I think it's really important just to see how far we can push ourselves as a Red Roses team. So absolutely, we're focused. 100% on this weekend but we're very mindful of the fact that we want to be an exceptional team Red Roses really want to push as far as they can so if we can um, look at you know pushing forward to the best international team in the world um, and have you know you know consistent wins we, we've talked about that as a, as a squad and we've not shied away from that and we've we've definitely looked at the uh, the competition moving forwards and if we can end up with that with that world cup win that's going to be amazing but you've got to do all the hard work uh, first and that starts this weekend Speaking of hard work, if there's one area possibly over the last couple of seasons you might think, ah, oh, it just probably needs to be strengthened up a, a little bit, is the, is the scrum work? And it's a real nosy question being a former front rower myself. How much focus has, has gone into that? You, you spoke about France at the end of the tournament. Uh, they'll be gunning for you in that area. I think we've been hugely lucky over uh, over the past kind of six seven seasons, uh, especially within my career uh, with England forwards coaches and uh, and the amount of time and effort they put on on scrum time and me as a as a front row. You know, my first job is to uh, deliver at scrum time, and I'm really pleased with uh, with how we're progressing as as a front row and as a pack in making sure that our scrum is dominant and we can you know go up on that world stage and truly be kind of game changers you have a look back to the uh, the, the men's world cup final and see how much of a scrum difference uh, the difference on the game it can make it is hugely important it's my favorite part of the game because you are never really that kind of head to head with somebody else i love the competitive nature of it and i love that kind of dominant feeling and if we can continue to you know insert our dominance over other packs like that that's the game for me and that's where you can really build on that Last one, because I'm conscious you want to get focused for uh, for this afternoon's session. Just how tough will Scotland be? I think Scotland have actually had a really good run um, of games recently. I watched their um, their, their World Cup qualifying um, game against Colombia as well. Um, having seen 
you know, how they've been p- performing recently. I think they, they're on a good winning streak and they've had a lot of time in camp together. Going away to uh, to Edinburgh is going to be no mean feat and I think we're hugely respectful of what can, uh, what Scotland can bring. But for us, it's all about the Red Roses. It's all about what, what game plan we're going to bring and how, how we can pr- pressure Scotland, regardless of what they throw at us, is how we can dominate that game and, and what performance we can put in. And it's all about ourselves. And I had to catch up with uh, one of the team, head of the Red Roses team and part of the WRP team, Sarah Hunter. How are you? The curls have gone, hair's up, looking fresh. Thank you for the coffee. How's things in the sun here? Oh, wonderful. Isn't it a lovely day? We've been longing for the sunshine. Um, All good, yeah, enjoying uh, being in camp. Um, Had a lovely four days off recharge the batteries um, and ready to go for this week brilliant I, I, it's a question I asked Simon a, a moment or two ago how nice is it you've done the autumns but now this is 2022 this is this is a massive massive year for, for women's rugby for all sorts of, sort of reasons but but obviously we've got six nations Commonwealth World Cup sevens but then of course the, the World Cup how nice is it just to get into this knowing there's you know first game of of this cycle, as it were, this year, come Saturday? Ah, huge. You know, um, obviously the autumns were really good for us um, and it was a a great time, but, like, the start of a World Cup year is pretty special and, like, and I don't think you can ever overlook a Six Nations tournament. The Championship is such a great competition to play in a tournament. It's exciting. Um, We're back to its usual format, which is really good that we get to play everyone. Um, And I think, obviously... This week alone, like we've seen, hopefully what the weather might um, give us over the next few weeks, which makes playing <laughs> rugby a little bit better as well. Um, no so, snow then. No, no two snow. Years ago. No snow. Yeah, dreading going up to Scotland after what happened last time. Still got nightmares about uh, how cold that day was. But no, in all seriousness, like it's great to to get back out again. You know, it. The fact that the competition has been moved into this window means that it's been a longer period without playing. Normally we get to January and like the Six Nations is round the corner, but we've had to wait a little bit longer. Um, and um, it gives us probably more reflection time, a bit more planning of what we want to do come this next few weeks and where we need to move our game to. But um, it, it's certainly um, an exciting start of what, like you say, the rest of the year is going to bring. We'll get to, 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 to the England game plan and, and, and the game you were talking about there, but how many of these have you done? 46 now, is it 47? I'm not that old. <laughs> um, do you know what? I read somewhere, uh, well, I was had, we did some um, press conference stuff yesterday and I think it was Russ Hargreaves that said, like, this is my 15th year, and I was like, oh, my God, like... How was it 15 years that I've been playing Six Nations? Because my my first cap was against Scotland in uh, a Six Nations game. So yeah, um, Six Nations is very special to me. Obviously, as is playing playing Scotland of of going back to 2007 when yeah I got my first cap. So yeah, uh, very much looking forward to it. And it never gets old or tiring. Like as excited about this tournament as I've probably been for for any as well. Where does that drive come from, Sunter? Wanting to be better, like wanting um, to to keep playing for my country, it's like the ultimate honour, and yeah, it's it's my drive and motivation to want to be part of this team. I think it's a really special team, and I think it's going on in great places and on its really um, like really exciting journey. And 
the fact of playing in a World Cup um, in October is is a motivation to be part of it and to keep helping and to contribute to the team. And yeah, I, I think that's what gets me up and that's what drives me on a on a daily basis to be better and to be better for the team. Well, I know the. Uh the compliment's been flying away um, from, from Simon Middleton even himself that you know, the likes of you and Marley Packer totally driving things in the, in the last week or so. Um, so, yeah, the hunger is certainly there for, for all to see in camp, even the, even the big boss coming out and publicly saying it. So, um, well done you. Um, hence, we haven't had you on the pod. You know, personally, I'd just take it down a notch and train and come on the pod a bit more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, let, let, let's get to, to England's game plan. You said they had a really, really good autumn. How much better can this side get? Uh, I think um, I don't think we know how good this team can be. Um, I think yes, it, it, we perform well in the autumn. I think we'll face bigger tests potentially over the next eight nine months um, with what's coming up. Um, so we will need to be better, and every other team will be better, and we'll keep getting better. So you have to keep like moving and improving your performance um and i think i think that's a great sign about this team is that we're we're not happy like if we're settled and we're like yeah that was good like then that there's something wrong and then that's when things will probably <laughs> go wrong itself so actually that the team's always striving to to be better and i genuinely think um, especially some of the younger players who don't know how good they can can actually be, and that's the exciting thing about this team. And from from the outside looking in, been looking at this England squad for for a fair few years. You know, 2014 side almost picked itself 12, 18 months coming coming into rather like the men in, in 2003. 2017 again very consistent side, but possibly not the depth that, that, that you have now. Just how exciting is this is this blend? You've got the experience of Mo and Skaz coming back in, but you've got the, the youngsters. You know, and someone like Ellie Kildone has been looking around this morning. She's now kind of in that sort of middle bracket, but you've got the Emma Sings and, and people like that, Connie Powell, coming into this, this squad. Is that blend, it seems as a blend is absolutely perfect. Yeah, it is. Like, I guess probably for, for players like yourself, or myself, maybe Marley, Skaz, like Mo, like... Yeah, we have that experience, but I think having like younger players coming through that are driven and motivated to want to be like part of it, want to go to World Cup. Like for me, in two hands, like it drives that competition, that intensity, that that part where you have to step and raise your game. Like if you don't, like someone's going to come in and take your place. But also the energy that brings, and then it's just it it just rubs off on you, and you can't help go out training and want to like train really hard and like raise the standard intensity because everyone around you is doing that and I think yes there's always going to be competition for places but I think this like squad at the moment like you could put two three sides out that are probably as equally competitive as one another and I think that's a thing that hopefully will drive the team to to be better but also like it doesn't it doesn't just detract from like or separate people because you've got competition with one another it, it's like you go out and pitch and you train hard and you're competitors yet your teammates at the same time and there's very much that feeling and I think that shows off field and when like 
you're spending time with one another it's it's like as tight as it, as it ever has been but yet it's the most competitive it's ever been at the same time which I think is a really great place for a, a squad to be in as they go into like a really big year yeah, I couldn't agree more and, and I don't want the party line uh, for, the, for this answer now <laughs> but uh, you personally how, how important is it to get the balance between uh, and Mrs. spoken about the first probably couple of games, still looking at a few players, that kind of stuff. How key is that balance between still developing your game and polishing your, your game plan, but actually continuing to win and that, that winning ethos? And you know, it becomes a habit, does it not? Oh, absolutely. It's huge. Um, and we've created, what is it, is it, 18 games, something like that, un- unbeaten, maybe 17. 15. And like, you. Like once that's gone, it's gone. You've got a long way to start again. So you do have to create that winning momentum, and that brings confidence. That makes people feel good about themselves. That probably puts you in a better place to play. So it it's really important that as a team we we keep that going, um, and like try and build on that whilst also giving other people chances and experience and to build them um, and. What I think the coaches do really well, they they do it, but not the detriment of the result or the performance. So it's a fine balance of putting players in that we need to give opportunities to um, and try different combinations as well, because I think that's a really important thing going into a Six Nations, but probably even more importantly, a World Cup. Like you don't know what might happen like during that with availability of players. So actually having combinations that we might not have tried yet but might need to look at I think is a really important thing to do whilst also still being able to hopefully keep your performance at the same time so this is obviously a prime opportunity to to do that and I think the coaches still want to understand about the players and as they look towards um, the World Cup and who gets on that plane like who might not and everything like that so I guess it's that fine balance of going right we want to give opportunities but we want consistency because we want performance we want results um but i think as players it's really huge that we keep that winning momentum going and and we're under no illusion that it will be difficult like teams like want to come for us like the more you win the more teams want to come after you and um we're we're not like like naive to that so it then makes it even harder to make sure that we we go out there and perform week in week out. I mean, you'd swim to swim to New Zealand if need be, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll start now. Look, you, uh, you got you got training, and as lovely as it is, sat here in the sun chatting with you. Uh, just one last question: How keen are you to to start the weekend against Scotland? <laughs> Everyone wants to start, don't they? Um, yeah, no. I think any if so, a player sat here and was like, "Oh no, all right, I'll I'll be happy on the bench." Then I think they they might be telling you a little fib, Johnny. Um, like I. I would love to be start on on Saturday, but ultimately I don't pick the team. Unfortunately, it's not Loughborough. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I am joking about that. Um, but yeah, like whatever whatever team um, Simon picks, like you've got to respect that. And there'll be a, and the one thing you know about it is that there'll be a reason and a rationale behind it. That I guess as a as a teammate and as part of the squad, like you you respect and you you learn to understand and like you you deal with that in whatever way it is but yeah an opening six nations games you want to be you want to be part of that's for sure 
I'm Marley Packer and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Brilliant to be allowed that kind of access berth. Just knocking around, just just grabbing players. Um, half the time I forgot to turn the microphone on um, and we were just chin, chin wagging and what have you. That's that's why you go go to these things. But there's just there's just an air of just being incredibly comfortable with where they're at. They know the expectation, um, and they know that they're fully professional and all the rest of it. But they just seem to be really, really comfortable with where they're at. Why wouldn't you? I mean, the whole squad that was selected this year. It's, it's just beaming with talent and experience. Um, and then you just got to look back at their results, what they did in the autumn, like how well they performed and played, but also how much they left out there as well. So they had all that yep. time between then and now to, you know, fine tune those areas, develop a few players in, in certain skill elements or leadership roles within that side. So, yeah, why wouldn't you be comfortable? You've got the blessed some of the best players around you playing for you, you've literally got one of the best players in the world, the best player in the world named in your squad. So that brings so much confidence. A woman called Emily Scarrett is back, which again lifts the entire squad. And, and yeah, you can't, they won't be sitting there thinking, oh, we've got this and it's going to be easy. They 100% because they'll want to make sure that they perform every game and that they improve on an important performance every game because, you know, they're counting down the fixtures now to the World Cup. It's like these are the only games that we have time to get better and be the best version that we can be leading into that World Cup and then perform, keeping that momentum. So, like you said, they they understand the expectation, they understand the pressure that they are under, but they're just relishing it and they're taking it right on board, taking it in their stride, um, because they want to be this team that everybody looks to. They want to be that team. And yeah. Mega excited. There's so much great talent in that side. Um, and we, we've seen players perform so well over the Allianz Premier 15. Again, why would you then not feel really comfortable about players that you've been playing against and around to know now we're collectively coming together? Uh, I mean, it's it's scarily how good that England team is. Yeah, and you're almost picking out three players in each, each position. You know, if we look at you know the, the return of Mo Hunt, which a couple of people say it's just the energy she brings off off the field. You know, she's an absolute energizer bunny isn't she um she could be in those those adverts um unbelievable energy to her but you look in her position leanne infante uh mo hunt and, and lucy packer who's one of these standout scrum halves in the in the premier 15s this season yeah there's three there alone I, I, for me selection hard luck grab some paracetamol um massive headaches there my and the question you heard, I put to to Sam Middleton there was that balance between continuing momentum of, of, of winning and, and performing well, but also getting your combinations right and getting settled. And you guys in 2014 were incredibly settled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, a year, year going into it, um, I just yeah, that's just one, possibly one one sort of area. I think um, he said he's going to use the first couple of rounds to first three rounds of the Six Nations to have a continue to have a look at players. They're hoping to get a couple of fixtures in the summer. But yeah, that's still only seven fixtures away from a World Cup opening match. Yeah, look, I, th- I think they will have their kind of spine of their team already identified. Yeah. Then you're playing a few players around that. But I'd certainly think come 
Ireland and France, we're going to start to see the combinations that they see as the their best 15. Um, you know, at times, certain individuals get selected for, for certain opposition because it's that's the type of player that would suit that game a bit better. But you certainly want to have that consistency for a lead-up of games going into the World Cup. Um, and also, like, being smart and using a couple of combinations where you've got, got a few new players coming in and being involved. You know, first six nations for Lucy Packer, Connie Powell, um, allowing them to have some experience is, is going to be really critical because if there are potentials for World Cup, then you've got to get that in as well. Yep. You can't then just kind of have this team that you're banking on and then all of a sudden a couple of those key players go and you've not given them any time or experience. That would be doing the team a disservice. So getting that balance right and maybe that's kind of how it's being spoken out in the, in, in the England camp you know these first three games put your hand up make a mark for yourself and then we're going on form and we're going on what we see as best combinations and, and then that gives them a nice run into the World Cup opening round Scott we've got lots to get through so only, only a brief chat from, from you and I really in between these um, what, how do you see the, the weekend going up at uh, up in Scotland hopefully um, Unless things dramatically change, no snow uh, that was there two <laughs> years ago. Nobody wants to see that. Um, look, I think England will be too strong. Yep. I think Scotland have come on leaps and bounds and they'll be ultra competitive. Uh, you know, the likes of Jade Conkle, she plays week in, week out. She played against, you know, um, England's back row, Poppy Cleal, Marley Packer, um, Vicky Fleetwood in a Harlequin shirt and was unbelievable. So they have players who can do some real damage. But do I think they've got an 80-minute performance to really push England? I don't think so. Um, and for me, it's all about the depth that England have. Whatever's if 15 England put out, they've got a full bench that could have started as well and be just as good. Yeah. So that's where there'll be a big difference in that cavalry coming off the bench. Yeah, I, I think it'll be tighter than we possibly think. And that'll be a credit to Scotland. I just, I just think that, you know, they've been in Dubai for a couple of weeks, and we've already mentioned this part. We that time together, you know, um, is 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 utterly invaluable, isn't it? Uh, Bullet. We, we've got to move on. Busy, busy show shows. Uh, that's England ticked off. Let's go to Italy now, and speak to a friend of the pod, Giada Franco, who joins us from Parma. It is a very, and it looks like an incredibly sunny good morning to Jada Franco, who joins us on the Women's Rugby Pod. Jada, how are you? Hi, Johnny. Hi, Rachel. Uh, quite good, quite good. I'm uh, rehab, uh, rehabbing my knee. But yeah, quite good. It's sunshine, so it's a lovely day. Good. And how, how, how far out do you, do you think you, you'll be? Certainly, it's the first round or two, is it? Probably, I hope I'll be fit for round two. So the game against England here uh, in Parma. Uh, but finger crossed, I have a couple of days to uh, do some tests and see if uh, all the physios and the doctors are uh, ready to put me on field. <laughs> talk us to talk us about um, the, the the spirit in the camp, the the, the feeling in the camp, because you come off a. Of, you know, an autumn campaign, some World Cup qualifiers with, um, we would say over here in England, uh, with lots of credit in the bank. You played some wonderful stuff. 
yeah definitely uh we're just a little bit disappointed because we haven't had uh a game uh to to the autumns till now we had uh, something planned with, against spain in january but obviously covid ruined everything as always so uh we're gutted for this but uh we're really happy uh, all the uh, all the girls in the team are really really excited to start this campaign uh it's a long time now we don't play together so we will start in a in a very uh hostile place obviously in france but everyone is excited and everyone can't wait to start is there a, a, an extra sense, Jada? It's a question I'm going to ask across the board, all, all the teams over the next few weeks. Is there a, a heightened sense? There certainly is a, across our media world and what have you. This is a, a, an unprecedented year for, for women's rugby in terms of World Cups, 15-7s, Commonwealth Games, obviously on the dawn of the, the Six Nations. Is there is there an extra edge to everything because, because it's a, a World Cup year? Yeah, obviously, I think it is, and you know all the attention we're we're having the, during this time. You know the fact that we the Six Nation is apart from the men's, and uh, there will be a World Cup, and then uh, you know some spo- big sponsor coming in. It's everything so huge, so uh, exciting, and I think you know it's going to be a really special Six Nation. I'm sure of this. Tell us then about um, the the Italian squad. Possibly some of the uh, the more regular names that, that we'd know. It seems like a fairly settled squad, but possibly some of the names that uh, some of our listeners wouldn't know about too much. Who's replacing oh, you? Can... Who could replace you? Yeah, there is a really um, a youngster is called Alessandra uh, from a team uh, of of an Italian team. There is a real, real good uh, back row. Uh, she's really young. I think she's eighteen or nineteen. But in camp, she showed loads of uh, desire to play. And uh, I think the youngsters that are coming through, not only in the back row, but uh, on the front row as well, we, ha- we will have some new faces, uh, some, some, a couple of backs too. That not, not, even if they are not involved in the first game, I'm sure they will be. Uh, throughout the the Six Nations and it's really exciting to see how these young girls are coming uh, always more ready than we were some years ago uh, to the international stage so I think we will see loads of uh, new faces in this tournament and I'm sure they will do a great job so with that in mind, Jarno, obviously the last few Six Nations, you've been outstanding performance-wise as a team. What's 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 the set target this year? What are you guys going after? So we we're not go- uh, we don't have a target in terms of of uh, place to finish off. So we're not going to say, well, we want to win Six Nations or come second or third. Uh, our focus now is on our performance so obviously it's going to be a really tough start because France and England we all know we're not going to lie they are on a different level so our stand our uh, target will be on the first two games probably have the best performance we can have and then build on that so uh, as we said before we haven't played the game together since November so even these first two games will be 
difficult for us. No, every year the first two games is always difficult. When when these games are France and England, probably it's even more difficult. But we are working to put the best performance we can and build on that game by game, uh, and then see what the result will be. Obviously, uh, every game we will we will play every game to try and win it, but. Uh, at the at the end, we will look at the, at our performance and what we can uh, and can do better. Yeah, even though you said that your lack of preparation, you are definitely one of the hardest teams to ever prepare against. Every time we would be preparing for Italy, we'd be like, we just don't know what to expect for them. They could do this, they could do that, and that makes it really challenging. So I wouldn't underestimate yourselves. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to see how you kicked on, especially with having you like you mentioned a few new players, younger players, and and their lead into the squad, what they could really demonstrate and add to kind of that. As Johnny mentioned, you've got a fairly settled squad. Um, real talent within that team. It's going to be exciting to see that blend. Yeah, I hope. Uh, I hope um, it will be like that. So uh, we we want to be, you know, a little bit unpredictable and a little bit, you know, uh, of our style of play. I think we we have quite a, a, a an identity on this. So I really hope we continue to bring this. But at the same time, we know we need to to uh, make sure we do our basics right. So uh, obviously we have to be more consistent in our set pieces. We have to be more consistent in our kicking game and we're working in that. So that's something we really try to um, focus on. And uh, I really think there will be a, a good sign of this uh, in the Six Nation already. Great. So we, we, we just two, two more for me, if that's all right. How, has it? How the fixtures worked well for you in terms of there's some realization in what you said earlier on with with France and England, and obviously you're going to go in and you know you'd be fully focused and expecting to to win those games. But there's a realization of possibly there the sort of top of the tree. Is it nice then to to play those two first because expectations wouldn't be huge certainly outside of the camp to get France and England out of the way and then really rip into the last three games of the tournament? I honestly, uh, I I prefer this way because obviously when you get some high standards like France and England and obviously, you know, uh, I huge respect for the other four nations, so us too, obviously. But we know they're now at the moment physically and probably uh, strat- strategically they, they're a little bit better than the other four. So to have this this fast start, I really do prefer because then it's always uh, it's always high. It's not like you know you have a game with someone is at your same level and then you go and play in France and then you come back and play same same level and then you go in England. So you will start fast, you will start a tough, and then you will try and maintain this this level. Uh, so I I personally prefer this way to go and kick and you know even when you play these teams when you're fresh because at, at the start of the tournament you're not so tired probably not so injured and so even if you go and play there and play strong and play fast and then try to maintain the same level for the other games too and just finally I mean it's it's I'm not sure there's a tougher start is there 
to a Six Nations campaign away at France, foot of the Alps, take your thermals. Um, just how tough is it going away and, and playing in France? Uh, we never beat in France in France. We, we no. did it at home, so it's really, really tough. And every time we go there, it's, they have such a good environment, don't, don't they? So it's a huge of uh, uh, spectators coming to support them. And, you know, they're playing really good rugby, I think, even if it, after this November. So uh, I really think it's going to be difficult and it's going to be tough. Uh, I just... I just think it's even more exciting. So <laughs> just can't wait to see the girls play. I'm really, really sad that I can't be there, but I'm sure they will put a good show on. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. The, the, doing the rounds on social media this week is um, a, a try you created for Beatrice Rigatoni. Um, <laughs> I watched that all day long. That was early in your career. I certainly certainly enjoyed um, talking over that, that one. The that was the first time someone believed in my dummy. Never happened. So the, the, so the, the one and only. I, I'm, I'm happy they, they've seen it. Oh, the brilliant. only time someone. Great. So, Jada, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Go back and enjoy the sunshine. Get that rehab done. Um, and, yeah, we really, really hope to see you, certainly, um, yeah, from the middle of the tournament onwards. But thanks so much for your time as ever. Thank you, as always. Uh, brilliant to have uh, Jada on. I, I, I number one, her, her English is is outstanding. Oh yes, absolutely does. outstanding. Luckily, obviously, we're going to speak uh, about France later on in the pod. Uh, Berth, and obviously, you can get your get your French out because um, obviously now sort of year and a half in to learning it, your your fluid. So I'm looking looking forward to that. <laughs> not available for that interview. Sorry. No, no, we'll we just we'll just have a chat about the squad in French. But look, let's focus on Italy for now. They're just just growing and growing, and growing. Obviously, off the back of uh, you know, last weekend, uh, the men's done, done a brilliant job over in Wales, um, and yeah, the twenties are doing fantastically well. They did, again a little bit kind of like France across the board. Just seems to be a sense of of things growing. You've got some some real rudders in there, haven't you? You've got Baratin, Rigatoni, you've got uh, Jada, of course. Uh, Betoni as well, uh, and then some, you know, five or six new caps coming in. Uh, wonderfully um, named Alexandra Frangipani uh, in, in that list. Um, but it, it just, it just, they just seem to be in a good place. Certainly after the autumn, would like to have got a game away. Is that their their, their biggest challenge? A little undercooked. Potentially, but they probably had a lot of preparation because of the qualifiers, so they probably have more time leading up into making sure that they were qualified beforehand in, in earlier last year, sorry, late last year. So they, they've had a lot of time together, but they've also had a lot of time to grow that confidence. They know each other really, really well. And so I'm really excited about how they're going to kick on. And like I said, um, when we're talking to Jada, they are really hard to plan against. You almost kind of have to remove your focus from them because they do the unexpected. They're unpredictable. Um, I think teams and players underestimate what they can produce. And then when we see them get on the pitch and, and things work and come together, we're all surprised by it. But actually, it's all part of their plan. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, Jada speaks so well. like, And they're very you know, realistic about where they are as a team, what threats they're coming up against and where they want to move to. So I'm really excited to see how they're going to move on and develop. They obviously were taken so much from those qualifiers. Um, their, their country is absolutely buzzing off the back of the men's last week. 
Um, and I think they're going to be in a really good place. And I think, you know, they're going to keep catch some teams unawares like they always do. Yeah. So, yeah, France up first for for them. Um, that will be on on the BBC iPlayer for viewers in the uh, in the UK. Um, that's on on Sunday, three o'clock. Uh, France to to win that one, or is that the best time to to grab France? Hmm. Or is French rugby just steamrolling everything? I, I think France are in a really, really, really good place. Um, and and I, I think injuries. I just feel like they are, like their men's, they're becoming such a strong team where previously there were areas of weakness that you could you could go after, whereas now, you know, their discipline's a lot better, their game management's a lot better, you know, closing out games. And, and I just think that at the moment that they're on a different level. I think they're going to be the one of the only teams that are going to push England this year. So do I think Italy will be able to beat them? I think, of course, anything can happen. If Italy can produce a performance that we know they're capable of, then they can. And if France don't turn up, then absolutely. Um, but I think it's gonna ha- you're going to have to really go some to beat this French team. I think France, I think Italy will cause them problems. They've always been a bit of a bogey team for them. Um, you know, as Jada said, they've beaten them at home. So they'll be aware of them. And it's just whether or not they can kind of get into that physical battle and win that physical battle against them. But then also the psyche side of it as well. Um, but I do think France will win in France. The way that they get their atmosphere, their crowds, their support, you know, it's such a hard, hard place to go and win. So I, I would back France definitely to, to win that game. But I think, you know, they're going to put up a really good fight. Yes, very much uh, agreed. Um, before we move into into France um, on this first two women's rugby pods this week, uh, just to run you through Italy's fixtures. So yeah, away Sunday uh, to France, then home, as Jada was saying, in Parma to the Red Roses, third of April, then away to Ireland, tenth of April. Um, and then finish up the campaign at home, 23rd of April, uh, against Scotland. So those are their fixtures. France fixtures, while we're there, may as well do that. Uh, we obviously know that uh, they're at home to Italy first round. Two home games to start with. Uh, Ireland then travel over to France on the 2nd of April to Toulouse, Stade Ernest Vallon. What a stadium that is. Round three... Away to Scotland, away to Wales, and round five, as we know, will be against England at home. So those are France fixtures. Uh, what do you make of their squad? Uh, we just touched on it earlier. A couple of big absentees. Safian Diai, these are injuries. Callum Bougiard, uh, star winger, was a sheet in the last campaign. And Pauline Bourdon. Yeah, like three big players for them when you think about it, kind of engine up front, thinker in the middle, and then gas on the outside. Um, but having said that, they've got plenty of depth and they've got a lot of great talent around them. You know, Sansus potentially could be, you know, one of those people that you put in the ring for being player of the tournament. Yep. Always been excellent for them. So I'm sure she'll really step up. Um, and Caroline Druin's back in. So she's obviously going to be pivotal in that 10 position. And that's kind of where Bordeaux was kind of slotted in between. 
Um, but, I mean, we don't know the extent of their injuries. We could see them feature. They could be aiming for that final game against England. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, building on how they played in the autumns and, you know, they're going to be absolutely going for this Six Nations. They always a very good World Cup year in the Six Nations. Um, you know, they've beaten us leading into 2014, 2017. And, you know, so I think, you know, you, you can't take your eyes off how good France are going to be this championship. No, I agree. I just, I just, I just wonder what, what impact, you know, I, I've, um, I was called a very, very brave chat for calling Safi NDI, the, the sort of grandmother of the squad uh, in, in a previous episode uh, some time ago. Um, but she, she has that kind of, she was there in 2014 at Marcosi, the World Cup. You know, spoke to her on a, sort of on a, on, a, on a personal level. She is one. Of, she's got an aura about her, hasn't she? And you know, she's in a bar and she's, you know, people around her. She people gravitate to towards her. Just one of that presence. And you know, and she is a big, big ball carrier. One of their biggest ball carriers that that they have. Just that is going to be quite quite some loss. And I think, you know, therefore the you know Gail who is who is named captain is going to have to really step up. And as you say, um, Drouard for me as 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 yeah has got to take more of the more of the reins. Um, just wonder, yeah, uh, as I say, the extent of the injuries we, are unknown. But um, yeah, some some bigger missions to start with. But yeah, being at home for the first two rounds has got to be ideal for them. Yeah, I mean they thrive on being at home. Um, you know, it does add more pressure, but the way that the the city or the country get around them in in their stadiums is unbelievable, and that really gives them a lift. It makes them push and, and play that little bit harder. The crowd get behind and can help influence decisions. And you know, I think that they'll be relishing the fact that they get to open up at home. You know, the way that the format of fixtures is has failed this year is excellent. It's not an England v France opener with that's coming to the end, but yeah, I'm really excited to see them, you know, push on again. They'll be buzzing after their results against New Zealand. Um, you know, the amount of people that spoke about how impressive, you know, we know that French rugby do their women's um, games extremely proud in terms of the numbers that they get in. So yeah, I think they'll be relishing in that opportunity and they'll want to start really fast and really strong. And, and I think they'll want to make a statement early on about what their intent is, not just for the Six Nations, but for, for the big trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I agreed. And, and momentum is, is, is huge, isn't it? And as we know, um, you spoke you speak about the, the big dance at the end of the year, England-France in that pool seat together with uh, South Africa and, and Fiji. Um yeah, it's time to start winning sort of psychological battles or certainly starting to, to try and pull stuff back, isn't it, for France? Because, we, what's that, last seven? That's bad. I should have done that research. Apologies, everyone. How many times England have beaten France in, in a row? But, um, yeah, it's not happy viewing for the, for the French. And we also get that psychological edge of the of the game on this podcast because we both think it's a very, very important part. They've got to start chipping away at that or certainly trying to regain some of that back, haven't they? Yeah, and I, look, I don't think they're probably far off. Like, no. actually, you know, some of the results against England, like England have been very lucky. Yeah, yeah. You know, final play of the game, etc. Um, you know, obviously the lights going out and not being able to f- finish the last one of the fixtures beforehand. We won't get into that. But... But yeah, they're not that far off. And I think England are aware of that. And they know that, so on their side of things, that psychological fit that, you know, France can take them 
if they're if they're on their game and England are slightly off. Um, but yeah, it does make a big difference um, winning. But at the same time, I've been in teams and I've played against teams, you know, whether it's sevens or fifteens, and you sometimes when you win the, the win the game, the next one you don't because you you go into this kind of unconscious um subconscious sorry unconsciousness of oh well we're going to beat them because we have already so there's that side of it that you've got to be aware of that threat from a winning point of view and and how underdogs can actually come out and actually turn that narrative around the next time around so yeah i think it's an exciting prospect about both teams having the momentum but i think a lot of that will also come down to who can stay fit as well and are we going to get the best of the two teams out in that final fixture yeah, and then we start to talk about strength and depth, aren't we? And yeah, I mean, you look across that French squad. Um, we will move on. But yeah, Menage, Menage, to say Amory, Bannet, Hermé, you know, Tremoulier, Vernier, just names all over all over the place. And uh, yeah, huge huge amount of strength and depth. Okay, well, where are they going to finish then? I want your finishes for the, the Six Nations, please. Between England and France, one and two. Um, I'm really interested to see Wales. I think they could, they, we could see them finishing their best ever year. Um, I think Scotland will struggle just because, not because of their ability, but they've had a really difficult time and they've had a lot on. So mentally, physically, to then be able to really lift yourself for the Six Nations um, will be challenging. Um, and I think Ireland is kind of like this new, reborn, revigorated. I don't know what we're going to see from them. They're very much in a similar, you know, circumstance of preparation, etc., as beforehand. Um, and I think Italy could be in and amongst the mix. I think Italy around third... Oh, I don't want to say it's going to come last because I'll get in trouble. But but isn't this this kind of sometimes? Clear, yeah, yeah, Crystal, we got one to six there, brilliantly down. Clip that up, pop that on social media. No, but sometimes you ask a question because yeah, you feel you might get an answer, and I I was asking that because like we, we genuinely don't know, we don't genuinely know. Oh, they're going to be yeah. Well, it's just going to be a dog fight, and everybody's going to be fighting for the wooden spoon. You know, we don't know what's going to come out of Ireland. I mean, geez, the amount of fire in the belly that, that as you said, that must be there. New coach. I know what a people person he is. Uh, so, yeah, you, you think there's a, a kind of water under the bridge, monkey off the bat, pressure off, to the, weight off the shoulders, and, and away we go. Same with Wales. You know, spoke to Chern Lillicrap, who should be in the pod number two this week. Um, you know, just... Sh- the weight of the world looks off her shoulders. You know, she's a professional player now. And, uh, yeah, you can't underestimate that. You know, Italy, consistent performance they are. And, of course, England, France. Scotland, I, I'm going to slightly disagree with you. I, I think they're a bit of a crest of a wave. I think they've never, they haven't been such a settled team and squad for quite some time. Um, I think they, they do have some, some razzmatazz there. Yeah, the likes of Chloe Rowley. Um, Jay Conkle comes back into into the mix. Um, Hannah Smith is back there. So I, I, I think it's, you know, 
the three, four, five, and six is going to be hugely, hugely contested. And I think one and two will be hugely contested, but I don't think one or two are going to have it as easy as they think they might have against three, four, and five. Now, is that clear? Crystal. Brilliant. Magic stuff. <laughs> Birth Brilliant Four pod number one of the week. Um, we won't say goodbye. We'll just say we'll see you on the next pod. Yeah, see you soon. 